Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. The Law Enforcement Today Show is brought to you in part by Transformations Treatment Center. Many are using the term epidemic to describe the current problem of drug and or alcohol abuse in the United States. Virtually everyone we know has been negatively impacted by this problem. Yet for so many that are experiencing the devastating effects of drug and or alcohol abuse, they don't know who to turn to for help. Who can we trust to care for our loved ones? Transformations Treatment Center is one of the most respected, ethical, and professional drug and alcohol treatment centers in the world with a strong focus on individualized care, offering a wide range of holistic, specialized, and medically supervised treatment programs. We know that many of you have questions. Take the time to call Transformations Treatment Center for the answers. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or go online to transformationstreatment.center. Calling us from North Central Florida area, we have... Retired police officer Tammy Clyburn on the Law Enforcement Today show. Tammy, thanks so much for being a guest. It's very much appreciated. Thank you for having me. And by the way, before I forget, thank you for your service. I don't know about you. I've gotten really bad about saying that. Something about it is just very uncomfortable for me to say to other, other police. But it's probably the best thing that I could do. And I've had more people say it to me since I retired than ever before on the job. And I'm never quite comfortable replying back with that yeah it it is kind of weird but being in the military is a little bit it's got me a little bit used to it uh when i was in the military prior to becoming a police officer so uh, i got used to it then so it kind of became a habit after that so thank thank you for your service in military as well where uh what branch did you serve in in the army as a military police officer and were you from the orlando area originally south of orlando okay Mm -hmm. And after doing uh, your your service in the military, you started to pursue a career in law enforcement? Yes, I did. I was a military police officer in the Army, and so it was just a natural transition for me. So many of the people I worked with were military veterans, and they, they were some of the best police I've ever served with. And I'm considerably older than you. Tammy, by the way, is a, is a very young person. She'll talk about that later. But when I was a rookie police in Baltimore, a lot of the people who trained me on the street, the old timers, were, were Vietnam combat veterans. And also, we had a couple, a couple, mind you, not a lot, of Korean War veterans who were commanders, majors, colonels, that sort of thing. And they were phenomenal police. Yes. Uh, I've served with many that, that were veterans themselves. A um, few of my FTOs were actually younger than me. I started with the police at a, a, a lot older age. Uh, I was 30 when I started. So it was um, a lot of my FTOs were in their mid to late 20s. So that was probably awkward because it was the other way around for me. But we'll talk about that later on. I want to get right to the, the, the heart of this and then we'll talk about Tammy's police career. 
Tammy was just recently retired by the Orlando Police Department. You were hurt severely in the line of duty, correct? Yes, I was in 2016. And how long were you on the job when that happened? I had been on the job since 2012, so four years. And uh, then there was several years of medical procedures and recuperation and rehabilitation and before you're eventually retired. Correct. I was originally out of work 13 months after my injury. I worked really hard to go back, and I went to, back to full duty for eight months, back to the road. I was on patrol. Uh, I collapsed at work one day and ended up back in the hospital again and back in inpatient rehab, came back out, went back to full duty again as a detective. I was a detective for a little over a year before the symptoms of my traumatic brain injury started to become apparent and problematic. And last year in October is when I was found unfit for duty. And my, I was made to go to a doctor who also found me unfit for duty after after doing a brain scan. And it took a year, almost exactly a year, for me to get my medical pension after that. And how did you receive the, the injury that led to the traumatic brain injury? I was doing mounted patrol. We were getting ready um, to do our downtown detail in Orlando when they shut down on the weekends when they shut down the streets. We were doing our last night of our cross-training, and part of that cross-training was to do a downtown detail, and we were getting warmed up for that. The horse bucked. I went up in the saddle, came down, split the saddle. My spinal cord did like an accordion effect. Uh, I didn't want to get kicked in the head, so I didn't want to fall backwards. I threw, pushed my weight forward. When I did that, the horse stopped and, and reared forward up, and we actually knocked heads. Um, and from there, I just kind of hung off the horse. And someone who was outside the ring saw me, came in and grabbed the horse and pulled and walked the horse out of the ring to a truck. And they kind of rolled the whole saddle and me off to a truck bed and called an ambulance. From, from there, I went um, to the hospital where I waited almost seven hours outside of the ER to be seen by a doctor. That's insanity that, that it took so long. And when people hear about police being injured in line of duty and career-ending injuries, and, and I'm as guilty as this as anybody else, even though you know, my career-ending injury was not, I didn't get shot, I, I got hurt with someone trying to shoot me. People automatically assume, oh, you were shot, you were hit by a car, you got stabbed or something. And they think of, and I hate to say it this way, they think of the sexy things, you know, the dramatic, heroic things. And while that happens to a lot of people, we have equally large amount of people that get hurt in accidents, automobile accidents. So many police are killed in automobile accidents. I'm not shocked that you got hurt in, in the mounted unit on, on horseback. I am kind of surprised, and I'm not an expert in the horses, but they have a reputation of being very predictable, very good with traffic. For one to start bucking, that's unusual, and I'm sure it created alarm bells for a lot of people there. Yes, it did. Um, I wasn't even I wasn't the first to be injured. We'd had several punctured lungs, you know, cracked ribs, broken legs come from there. That's part of the working with the horses is getting them used to the crowds and the crowd control, the whistles, the traffic, 
people hitting them, people running into them, different people jumping out at them. That's but they have a brain of their own. They have a mind of their own. They're animals, just like just like a canine. All the training in the world, they still have a mind of their own. So. Right, and they are animals. And I, yeah. I jokingly say this: I used to ride motorcycles. I've, I've, well, I sold mine, but I may ride again sometime in the future. I told my wife, she took me horseback riding one time. I'm like, I'm not arguing with a 1,500-pound animal. I'm not telling him what to do. He can do whatever he wants to do, and I'm here. But mm-hmm. I'll ride a motorcycle all day long. So the, the thought of policing in, in a major American city is difficult enough. And we talked about all the things that you have to condition the horse to be ready for. Mm-hmm. Vehicles, sounds, people jumping out at you, being assaulted, being hit by accident, all those things, that's stuff that the human police got to go through every day. Yeah. And I, I don't know how to get it through to people that that it's not easy, not everyone's cut out for it, and I think everybody after a while, if they've been in law enforcement for a while, they're going to start developing issues. This is Law Enforcement Today show we're talking with a retired police officer, Tammy Clyburn. Ever find yourself in a situation where you can't listen to the whole Law Enforcement Today show? Never fear. Past episodes are available online as a podcast, and you can listen for free. That's right. The Law Enforcement Today podcast is free. Do a Google search for Law Enforcement Today podcast, or simply go to letradioshow.com and click the Be Heard tab. If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. We got versions for your Android and iPhone devices, 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Countless people and their families suffer from the devastating effects of substance abuse, addiction, and or alcoholism. World-class help and assistance is available at Transformations Treatment Center. Recovery starts with a phone call. Call Transformations Treatment Center at 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Or for more information, go online to transformationstreatment.center. We have a new podcast. It's called True Crime Fighters Podcast. Yes, it's another true crime podcast, but a little bit different. There's a huge amount of interest in true crime stories, but very little is told of the heroes that fight horrific crime. Whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens, we tell their stories on the True Crime Fighters Podcast. Do a Google search for True Crime Fighters Podcast, subscribe today, or check us out on Facebook. Do a search for True Crime Fighters. This portion of the show brought to you by Mr. James Mather of Synergy Financial. Are you looking for ways to increase your financial stability in future? If you're interested in earning more and working with families to help protect their income and future, head to mrjamesmather.com. That's spelled M-R-J-A-M-E-S-M-A-T-H-E-R.com. Again, get free information about this great opportunity at mrjamesmather.com. Return conversation with retired police officer Tammy Clyburn, retired from the Orlando Police Department just recently, was injured in an accident in the mounted unit on horseback. My applause to you for trying to make a comeback, to go back to full duty. A lot of people can't. And then, look, I, I've heard of so many people that they fall out of a swivel chair and they wrench their back and never, you're never seen again and they, they get disability. 
for every one of those stories, there's at least one or two of people that worked hard to try to get back and couldn't because they were physically unable to do the job. And when you said earlier, the doctors said you weren't, you weren't able to do the job, it was because of physical reasons. Yes. When I originally went back to work, it took 13 months to get me there. I had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to use my hands, uh, my fine motor skills in my hands. I had a lot of nerve damage. I had to uh, learn how to do butt, tie a shoe and do buttons. Um, my speech was affected. So I, it took 13 months, plus I was having seizures. I had to wait to be able to drive again. After that, I went back to patrol. I went back to the road. I had so much pain that at times I would sit in my car and undo my, my gun belt. Or I would go back to the substation and just take all my gear off and just sit in the bathroom until a call came. It was bad. Um, I would work the downtown detail on uh, just to stand there at a, at a roadblock and just all the noise and all the sensory on my way home, I would stop and throw up on the side of the road because I was like seasick from it all. It was like motion sickness. I would call, I'd have to call out. I'd be in bed for two days, not being able to move. I'd have to call out of work the following Monday. It got to a point where I came to work one day and I was, I had muscle spasms so bad my whole body was shaking and I couldn't stop it. I went back to the substation because I recognized this, this is something different than my new, my usual pain. Something was not right. I went back and I barely made it in. And I remember my lieutenant walking towards me and I just fell to the ground and I couldn't get back up. Um, the muscle spasms were that bad. Uh, they called the ambulance. I went back to the hospital and they had said that I had scar tissue built up. My original injury, I had H fracture in my sacrum and my pelvic girdle and broken my coccyx and there had been scar tissue that had built up around there causing nerve, nerve damage down my legs and up my spine. And that the weight of the gun belt and the weight of the vest had complex that. I'd also had lost all hearing in my left ear uh, due to the hit on my head. And I had not had the surgery to fix that yet. So I was driving a patrol car with my radio in my right ear and no hearing in my left ear. Wow. I'm sorry. And it sounds inadequate to say this, but I'm I'm sorry that that this happened to you. And I know... If you're like me, and I guess I'll pose this as a question, do you ever consider your life is in two phases? There's the life you had before the injury, the incident, and life after? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do. I feel like it, it's two separate people. Um, I, I explained it as when I came home from the hospital that it was almost as if my husband had been married before and his wife had passed away and I was stepping in to someone else's shoes. I had no connection to anything. I felt no, no, no emotional connection to anything. Uh, I didn't feel like I belong there. Every, my taste and everything changed. Everything changed. We later, later found out that was from the traumatic brain injury. After I got out of the hospital the second time, and the hearing issue was a problem. They made me a detective. I, be, I, was a, I worked several areas as a, as a detective full duty, still worked the downtown details, still had issues with that, still had issues driving in the dark. But I started to have more problems with my memory. I would forget how to get to work and have to Google how to get to my office. 
And you, um, you were an incredibly young woman when this happened. Yes, I was 36. I've, I've been to your Facebook page. And by the way, for people listening, I've known Tammy for a while through Facebook and, and through law enforcement. And uh, she wasn't able to talk about this for a long time due to the process to go through retirement. And now she can. But I've seen photos of you when you were actually learning how to walk again in rehab. You were in a wheelchair for an extended period of time. It's not yeah. like you moved a file cabinet and strained your back and you're like, oh my goodness, I lifted a paper clip and I'm hurt. That wasn't the case with you at all. Yeah, I had multiple surgeries. I had fusion surgeries on my neck where they removed three vertebrae and put in brackets in my neck. I had surgery on my ear where they replaced bones in my ear. I had surgery on my hip uh, where they repaired the fibers in my hip. I've had uh, multiple injections, procedures. I also have a problem with the vision in on the left side of from where I hit my head, where it's almost not quite double vision, but it's, it's like a, a glow around everything. Everything's wider on that side. So I ha- have multiple, multiple issues. Um, I was having pens, which is, is seizures due to traumatic brain injury. I was having white, I have white matter disease, which is where the, the white matter in your brain, you start having white spots in your brain, which it grows, which is basically the blood cells in your, in your brain are, are dying. And that's what had happened. I had had a test done several months after my accident. And then October of last year, when I was having these problems, I had the test redone and it showed that I had significant deficits in my executive functioning, which cause, which affects your reasonable decisions, executive decision-making, uh, your split decision, split attention, which is pretty much everything a police officer needs. Yeah. The thing is, I like a lot of people, when you hear about traumatic brain injuries, you, you think of combat veterans. We think of veterans from Afghanistan, Iraq, and other areas where they've been in conflict. And it's become, I hate to say this, but it's become expected that a certain amount of people will have this. What I didn't think of for many, many years was police officers uh, having traumatic brain injuries. And I've heard of officers having traumatic brain injuries from too many car accidents. I've heard of officers that were hit in the head with, I've got hit many times. And fortunately, I have a very thick skull. I joke about that, but it could be very easy that it could be one of those men or women, and it's the boat you're in. Uh, we are talking with retired Orlando police officer Tammy Clyburn on the Law Enforcement Day show, talking about a traumatic brain injury and other devastating injuries that cause a retirement. And there's a whole lot more you don't want to miss. You can listen to the show as a podcast for free. That's right, 100% free. Just go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, you'll find us there. Or do a Google search for a Law Enforcement Today podcast. Be sure to subscribe today. Remember, it's free. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you buried in credit card debt or student loan debt? Learn how to reduce your debt to a fraction of what you owe. 800-709-4389. 800-709-4389. That's 800-709-4389. All too often, we find ourselves getting asked, where can I find other great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? 
Because of this, we decided to create our own network of podcasts here on Law Enforcement Today. You can access top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and free app. Head to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you will find our network link where we will continue to add podcasts from first responders and more. Remember, that's letradioshow.com to find out more information about law enforcement today, our podcast network, and to download our free app, letradioshow.com. Hey, folks, when you have a chance, check out our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. When you get there, click like and follow. Return conversation with retired police officer Tammy Clyburn from the Orlando Police Department, recently retired. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Tammy, just to, to paraphrase very shortly for those just tuning in, was training for the mounted, the horseback portion of her department and uh, suffered a devastating injury when when the horse bucked uh, you've had traumatic brain injury you've had spinal cord issues hearing issues so many things you talked about tammy and the reason i asked earlier do you ever think of life before a certain date or this incident and life after because that's how things were for me i can remember clearly and i'm not going to go into details but what I was like as a police officer or a police sergeant before December of 1987, a date, an incident I went to, and how life changed afterwards. And it wasn't dramatic like yours, but it spiraled to a really bad spot. Yes. I remember how strong I was. I remember run, you know, going for runs after a 12-hour I remember doing weight training. I remember working on my master's degree. I remember doing all these things that were mental mental and physical strenuous and that's where i got all my drive from now i take medication for dementia three times a day and i take 13 pills a day just to function i have days where i don't remember passwords to my phone i don't remember i remember my daughter but i can't remember how to spell her middle name uh, I can't run. My working out consists of, of, of maybe maybe some time on the elliptical or going for a short walk. I also have to share my location on my cell phone with my husband in case I get lost at 40 years old. I also don't drive. I don't, I don't know how to respond to that. This is why, and I've told people this before, in police work, and I'm sure you can relate to this, you're trained for pretty much everything. You, this is what you do in this situation. This is what you do now. And these are the policies, procedures, blah, 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 blah. And, and two things that always got me, Tammy, were is if an officer was killed on line of duty, I never knew what to say to their spouse. I never, I, I never felt like I could talk to them and I would avoid them. Same with uh, suicides. And when you have officers who are severely injured in line of duty, I've just, in the last couple of years, have gotten where I can say, I don't know what to say, but I'm gonna talk to you anyway. Been a lot of people feel that way. I think I think it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's harder to talk to someone who's had a significant catastrophic injury than it is to talk to the spouse of someone who's passed away. Because as a police officer, and you look at someone that you serve next to laying in a bed or in a wheelchair, or looking at you like, do I know you? You're faced with your own mortality. Yeah. 
and you have that fight or flight mode where I can't I can't be here right now because that could be me and I can't face that. So the phone calls stop, the text messages stop, the stopping the people coming by to see you stop because they don't want it. They it's not because they don't care. It's just they they can't care. They can't they can't put themselves in that position. I think it frightens a lot of people. Number one, it does because um, you said you, you hit the nail on the head. It, it it brings to the forefront of your mind this could happen to me. If this could happen to her, this could happen to me. And if, if we walked around with that line of thinking, we would never get out of the, the roll call room to go do our job. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of block out the risks. Um, the other thing, and, and we've had so many people that have been severely injured in line of duty that survived. And what they've said, almost to a man, when I say to a man, I, I, this is not for you, Tammy, for people listening, mm-hmm. it refers to men and women. I say guys a lot. That's the, that's men and women I worked with. And so to a man, they said, I wish I had been killed because my family had been better off financially than in me surviving. Yes. And it, it just devastates me that there are people who survive horrific injuries that put their lives on the line in service or communities, and that's how they feel, if not daily, then quite often. Because compounding the financial aspect of it is you kind of hit on it i'm not able to help i can't remember how to spell my daughter's name i've got to have a phone locator on when i take a walk i can't drive and it's got to be really challenging for your sense of self-esteem mm-hmm. it is it, it really is and then to have and that's an injury that you can't see that's something when you look at me you don't see it so of course you have people who have look at me and say she's fine why can't she work? Why isn't she working? She doesn't need a pension. She's fine. Yeah, I, I went through yeah. some of that myself. And because uh, what my deal is, Tammy, I, I got hurt. A guy, the typical, and I'm doing the air quotes, unarmed man uh, in a stolen car with lots of crack cocaine tried to shoot me with my service weapon while still in my hand. And we had a big fight over it. And uh, fortunately, he survived. I survived. Neither one of us were shot. But melt, all, all six shots were fired off my head and I thought I sprained my wrist and of course they they get better with time well mine didn't it got worse and then after multiple surgeries and two steel plates I was retired at the age of 33 my career was over like in one night and I didn't expect it and then it's like now you have to reinvent yourself and and part of the problem is people go now that I'm older they don't say anything but when I was like 35 and they go you retire police they look at you weird like you're you're, you don't seem like there's anything wrong with you. Yeah. And I got to the point where I didn't want to explain to people anymore. And I didn't. Yep. And these are the same people that that weren't at your hospital bed. They weren't in your hospital room. They didn't come see you. They weren't checking on your family. That's the other thing. And I, I don't want people to misunderstand. And in a way, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I give a lot of the, the men and women I worked with a pass. Because like we talked earlier fear for a lot of them they don't want to deal with this because that could be me the admin uh, not so much i don't have the same i won't give them a past and, and certainly city hall is where the problem arises we were told from day one in the academy if something bad happened to you we've got you covered your family would be okay what that meant is if you were killed your family would be taken care of if you were if you survived traumatic injuries 
you're on your own. Correct. And that's a bitter pill to swallow. Yes. And if you want to go back to work, they don't give you what you, they don't, workers' comp does not give you the the tools you need. So I, I went out. I paid for private shooting lessons. I paid for extra strength training. I paid for extra things on my own to try and get back to work. And I went in to work for extra training for building searches, extra training for on, on the mats at, at work with the training department on my own time. And these are things that I did on my own to try to get back to, to work. And I came to a point uh, during defensive tactics that you know, the training, one of the trainers told me, you might just have to be one of those people who creates distance until backup comes. And that did not sit well with me. No, that's, that's not a viable situation. It, it's admirable that your department found a position for you uh, and tried to off the streets as a detective. That's admirable because some agencies don't do that. They should. They all should. They, they don't do it anymore. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with retired police officer Tammy Clyburn. If you haven't done so already, please download our app. It's 100% free. we got versions for your Android and iPhone devices, 100% free. You can download them today at our website, which is letradioshow.com. That's letradioshow.com. Be sure to get yours today. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Reports indicate that 30% or more of our law enforcement, first responders, and military veterans are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and related issues. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center offers world-class solutions. Got questions? They've got the answers at the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online help at helpforourheroes.com. Be sure to like them on Facebook. Search for Help for Our heroes want to fly somewhere looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets then call that's right call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals fly domestically and save up to 75 percent you can even fly internationally and save even more yes fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets we'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels rental cars even complete travel packages so don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on u.s and international airline tickets and hotels Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-451-8603. 800-451-8603. That's 800-451-8603. Return conversation with Tammy Clyburn, retired police officer, retired from the Orlando, Florida Police Department. By the way, the department's got a great reputation, and uh, I know several officers from Orlando Police Department in Orange County, uh, sheriff's deputies, and uh, one that was retired uh, from a vicious injury he received in a, in a vicious assault many years ago. And one of the things that resounds clearly with these kind of cases, not just with you, Tammy, 
and not just with Orlando and not just Florida, but all over the United States, is officers who are severely injured in the line of duty and having repeat problems with workers' compensation. Have you experienced that yourself? Yes, I had. I actually had a doctor who ended up refusing to see me any longer because he they were not filling orders. Were not, and he wrote in his notes that they were not allowing him to be a doctor. And so he said that he was no longer going to see me as a patient. And this, by the way, I, the the sole responsibility for this, I lay it solely on the cities, the counties, uh, state governments. Uh, and in some cases, the federal government. And right around this time of year, we have elections going on. And one of the phrases, and this gets me so mad, one of the phrases I hear quite often from certain politicians is they'll rail negatively against corporations saying, if we don't pass legislation, they won't take care of their people. Uh, If they're injured, and guess what? The biggest offenders are counties, cities, and state governments. Yes. It's not the police departments. They really try. They they really, really try. I had some great, I had some great leadership and I had some great, great people uh, in my chain of command that made phone calls on my behalf and tried and and desperately tried to get things on the right track for me. I had that, but I also had other people in tried to make the road harder for me. And that's where the problem is. I say this all the time. It's not the departments. It's the Mm -hmm. bean counters, the accountants and the city, city, county slash state government. Once you get your workers' compensation insurance people in, who, by the way, they don't get a pass because they're the ones who they hire them, and they hire them to represent their city, but they act as if, well, that's workers' comp. It's got nothing to do with us. I'm going to stop ranting about that because uh, we're here to talk about you. You started going through problems with workers' compensation, with your treatment, and did they make, I already know the answer to this, they make life more difficult for you in your recovery? They did. They drew it out. They drew things out. Um, luckily, I was able to get into Mayo Clinic and get treatment through them. And they're kind of like a one-stop shop. So it was easy once I got into there. However, I got once I got to the point where I was progressing with my TBI and, it was, and I was having trouble at work, I went to my chain of command. I told them that hey, this is what's been going on. This is what I've been trying to hide. I'm not okay. I need help. And things kind of just spiraled downhill from there. I got shuffled around the department, put back into patrol, pulled out of patrol, put back into patrol, and till I was finally found unfit for duty and had told to see a doctor. I went to see a doctor who had a cognition uh, MRI and a cognition test redone that showed that the white matter had grown my cognition test had not changed from my original cognition test four years prior. And that's when they told me that I was not able to drive, that I had to, I was not able to be a police officer anymore in any capacity. And that basically I would never go back to work again at any job. So the prognosis is you're going to be permanently physically disabled for the rest of your life and there'll be no, no gainful employment. Correct. It's a it's a progressive disorder, and it's there's no treatment. There's only a stabilization of it, but no cure for it. So really, it's learning to live with what the hand you're dealt, and there's yeah. there's no better hand. You're not getting another draw. This is it. This is it. 
So it's had a dramatic effect on you mentally, physically. How are you doing emotionally? Uh, emotionally, I I had I had hope all the way up until the day of my hearing that I was going to go back to work. I had that last light of hope that something could still happen. And when they voted on the pension, it was a three-hour hearing. When they voted on the pension, it was heartbreaking. I went into a depression. I didn't want to get out of bed. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. When I had to sign out and do the whole retirement package, I was just like a zombie. I was numb. I still feel like I don't know. When I look in the mirror, I don't. I, I don't. I don't know who I am anymore. Like I, I don't know who I'm supposed to be now. Yeah, and there's no. There's no words to reply to that. Uh, part of me wants to joke around because I don't know how to respond. And it's such an uncomfortable conversation. And I, I hate to say that this way. Uh, my mother-in-law, who just passed a few months ago, we watched her decline with dementia. And it was devastating to watch. Physically, she began to deteriorate too. But there was a period of time where she was in great physical shape, but mentally she just was nowhere near as sharp as she used to be. And we knew that would never get better. And there was, there's no book that prepares you for this. No. How's your family dealing with this? It's caused a, a a wedge and and a lot of, um, in my marriage, it's caused strain in all my relationships with my family. It's, it's, People don't understand. I'll be on. I'll be on a phone call, and I'll get especially at night. The night's really bad. I'll be on on the phone, and I'll just be like I can't. I can't be on the phone right now. I got. I'll get frustrated because I can't. Like the dogs will be running or doing something, and I'm trying to concentrate on the phone. And but the, and then I'll be hearing things outside, and I'll be like, I have to get on the phone. I just have to go. I have to go, and and I'll have to hang up. And they don't. They just don't get it. And I don't. I can't go to family functions because there's just too much noise and too much stimulus so I have to do one-on-one functions and so I get a lot of a lot of feedback on, on that about being antisocial and, and not wanting to be around family. and it's not that I don't want to I well trust me I don't want to I, I can be very antisocial <laughs> and most police I know look we're good with people but we, we re- re- really value our time away from people I'm, yeah. I'm making light of this but I, I, it's again I hate that you had to go through all that. Now you're hitting this other stage of your life. What would you like to do from here on out? I I want to help. I want this to mean something. I want my struggle. I want the time I have left to, to mean something for someone else. I want it to mean something for other veterans. I want it to mean something for other law enforcement officers. I want to work with nonprofits to to bring awareness, not only to, to the depression, but about TBIs in the effects that it has because it, it's the un, the unseen wound. People don't see it. It's one of those things that people have a plaque, a, a wheelchair placard, and park in a handicap, and they get out and they walk fine into the store. And everybody's like, "There's nothing wrong with that person," you know. And, we, and we've all done it, and but but they just don't know that there are days that I on a bad day that I my, my, I literally look at my skin and feel like it's crawling. I get so agitated. At nothing, and it's just my—it's just the way my brain works. I'm sure there's there's plenty of groups out there that would love to get in touch with you, that would willingly 
and gladly help provide a platform for you to help these people. How can they get in touch with you? I have my Facebook. I have um, I have my email. It's TammyCliborn at gmail.com. And people can also contact me right here at Law Enforcement Today. Uh, just go to Law Enforcement Today Radio Show Facebook page and send me a, a message and I'll uh, relay the information to Tammy. Tammy, we got to do this again in the future. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Thank you so much for having me. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. There's a huge amount of interest in true crime story podcasts. So we started a new one called True Crime Fighters Podcast. Very few of the true crime podcasts tell the stories of the heroes that fight horrific crime. Whether it be law enforcement officers or everyday citizens, we tell their stories on the True Crime Fighters podcast. Each episode, no longer than 15 minutes. Do a Google search for True Crime Fighters podcast. Subscribe today for free or be sure to check us out on Facebook. Do a search for True Crime Fighters podcast. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.